This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. It isn't called our crowning glory for nothing. We're talking, of course, about our hair. And women especially spend a lot of time and money on our hair. In fact, hair care is an $80 billion industry. So it's no wonder that women really start to panic when their hair starts falling out. 50% of women will see hair loss in their lifetime. It can happen around pregnancy, around menopause. And this will surprise no woman I know. Stress can cause your hair to fall out. So what do you do about it? Our expert today walks us through the -the over-the-counter treatments, the medications, the procedures, everything you can do to stop your hair loss and even make your hair thicker than it's ever been before for as little as $3 a month. Everything you need to know about hair loss in women on Prescription for Life straight ahead. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Monica Robbins. This is a topic that's personal to me because I had surgery that caused my hair to fall out. Yes, going under general anesthesia can cause hair loss. I'll tell you about my story in just a bit, but first, a look at some of the other causes. Hormones play a big role. Age, your thyroid, medications, and what woman do you know hasn't suffered from stress in some point of her life? But the good news? Hair loss is very treatable, and insurance covers many treatment options. We're going to get all the details on that from our Cleveland Clinic expert in just a moment. But first, doctors are seeing more and more women coming in reporting hair loss, and they all have one thing in common. Ozempic. It turns out it's not a side effect of the drug itself, but rapid weight loss can cause your hair to fall out. Take a look. We know they work. Thousands of people have shed pounds in weeks after using one of the semaglutide diabetes medications. Only Wagovi is approved for weight loss, but be warned, if the weight is falling off fast, something else may start falling out. So it's massive amounts of shedding, some of them even up to 50% of their hair. They see their hair in the shower, on their clothes, on their bed sheets. There's just hair everywhere. Dermatologist Shilpi Ketterpal says she's seeing 15 to 20 patients a week dealing with significant hair loss loss. All of them are using the weight loss drugs. Hair starts coming out around three months after they begin the medication. She says it's not necessarily a side effect of the actual drug, but fallout from the rapid weight loss. Calorie restriction limits nutrients that your hair needs. In women, losing fat causes a shift in hormones and a theory that the stress hormone cortisol is released due to the rapid weight loss. And that may be a shock to the body, but there is some good news. Just like when they stop the medication, they stop losing weight, it will take time for the hair loss to stop. But it's important to know that the hair does come back. This is not a permanent type of hair loss. If you're considering one of these medications, there are preventative things you can do. Using topical minoxidil, which is over the counter, um, it comes as a liquid or foam. That can certainly help. It's, uh, you know, they have to apply it every day. Or I'm even giving oral minoxidil to my patients um, at the start of the this journey that, you know, when they're starting these medications or once they've already had shedding. There are many other reasons women lose their hair. Listen to our expert explain the causes and options. 
So now you know about weight loss and hair loss, but there's a lot more to it, especially for women. And joining me now is Dr. Shopi Ketterpal. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Dermatologist with Cleveland Clinic, and we're talking hair loss, and you see a lot of women, I would assume, who come in to say, what's going on? Yeah, hair loss, um, you know, super common men and women. Recent statistics look at about 50% of women at some point in their lifetime will experience hair loss. So what are the reasons? What's the main reason women deal with hair loss? So a lot of different factors. Um, the most common type of hair loss that we see is like this female pattern hair loss, also known as androgenetic alopecia. Um, more common, we see it in women as they age because menopause is one of the triggers. So what happens in menopause, the estrogen levels go down and that kind of unmask some of the genetic components. Um, genetics are also really, really play a huge role in this because we know that if mom or dad have any type of hair loss or balding, that, you know, they're going to pass it on to their offspring. Men, it can show up a little earlier in life. For women, it's typically after menopause when, you know, estrogen levels are falling. Um, you know, we know other things like stress can make anything worse, um, nutrition, any kind of restrictive diet, obviously weight loss. So a lot of different factors go into it, but I would say genetics and hormones are probably the most common. And when you're talking hormones, like we were we were talking about you know the fat when you lose your fat you're obviously changing your hormones what is it about the hormones and is there anything a woman can do yeah so when it comes to hair testosterone and its analogs like the male sex hormones are really the ones playing a role what happens over time is we have these thick healthy hair follicles and over time they're exposed to something called DHT or dihydrotestosterone that causes the hairs to be teeny tiny and thin once they become miniaturized or small they can't pierce the surface of the scalp and that's why it appears bald or thinning. So, you know, while we can't change our own genetics and our hormones per se, um, there are medications that can assist with that. And that's where, you know, dermatologists come into play. So let's talk, first of all, before I have to go to a dermatologist, Talk to me about the over-the-counter yeah. medications. There's so many out there. There are so many. So, you know, I tell people we like to practice evidence-based medicine. So the things we recommend are those that have had clinical studies to show that they work. The most common and probably the most popular is topical minoxidil. Um, it comes as a liquid or foam. Brand name is Rogaine. Um, it comes as a 2% and 5%. Both are FDA approved in men, men or women. Um, they do need to be applied daily to the scalp. So what they do, it comes as a liquid or foam. You put it in every day to the scalp. Over time, you shed Less, you grow a little more. Um, it definitely works, but you have to be very consistent with it. Like if you're going to do it a couple times a week, it's not for you. What about vitamins, supplements, that kind of thing? Yeah. So I tell my patients, you know, it's not a bad idea to take a multivitamin. Um, if you're someone that doesn't eat red meat a couple times a week, take one with iron um, just to make sure you have the building blocks for your hair and nails. Uh, your body takes what it needs. The rest kind of just gets excreted in the urine. Um, you know, there is a limited data on biotin supplements. Um, you know, that's more for the nails, less so for the hair. But I tell people it can't hurt. Um, other things we look at, you know, uh, vitamin D, zinc, but those types of um, vitamins, I typically don't have people supplement unless we have a level showing it's low because too much vitamin D can cause a problem. So generally speaking, you know, we have minoxidil, we have like our over-the-counter multivitamins. There's like these hair, skin, and nail that have like biotin and your B-complex vitamins. Those are simple places to start. What about the Viviscal, the Nutrafol? We're seeing all the ads for those too. Yeah, so we those are in a category like 
nutraceuticals, um, those certainly can help. Um, they can be done, you know, in addition to medical therapy. Uh, people can use them, but I just warn them, you know, you have to be careful if you're someone that's pregnant or nursing, you know, you have to be careful of the ingredients. Um, it's a lot of herbal supplements in it. So just make sure if you're taking one of those, you don't want to double up on ingredients, like check your multivitamin, check your supplement. Um, I also get asked a lot about shampoos. You know, I've heard of, you know, X and Y shampoo helping. Ultimately, the only ingredients that have ever shown to grow hair are zinc, pyrothione, and ketoconazole. These are marketed as anti-dandruff shampoos. So even if someone doesn't have dandruff, I recommend using them once or twice a week. They're cheap, they're effective, they are anti-inflammatory. We know the scalp is inflamed. If you have dandruff or even microscopically, if there's inflammation in the oil gland, the hair is not gonna grow healthily and it'll shed. So anyone, if they're suffering from hair loss or they just wanna maintain a healthy scalp, I do recommend using those shampoos once or twice a week. We've seen a number of the, the lights, the LED lights, do those work? So they do, they are FDA approved for hair loss. Um, there's a handful of them. They come as a comb, as a helmet, as a cap. Um, they certainly do work. Once again, you need to be consistent with them. So using them at least like every other day, they range anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. Um, you know, I see treating hair loss as like a combination therapy. So you have the shampoos, the supplements, the medical therapy, the, the caps. So I think ultimately they all have their place, but I would say those have, you know, relatively limited efficacy. When is it time for surgery? So typically we say with like medical therapy and non-surgical options, we can get hair that's been lost in the last five years. So I ask people, look at pictures and think back, what did your hair look like five years ago? So if someone comes to me in their 50s and they've been bald since they're 20, um, that's probably where surgery fits in. But if it's relatively recent, we can usually get those hairs back with a combination approach of like, you know, the, the oral medications, the lights, the all of that. So typically it tends to be people with long-standing hair loss who are trying to kind of restore what they had many decades prior. So is there anything that you would recommend? Because I know stress, I know so many women who are dealing with stress and yeah. they're brushing their hair and yeah. it's just coming out in clumps. We know deal with your stress, yeah. but is there anything that, you know, women should be doing or doing differently? So I would say, you know, that stress type of hair loss or telogen effluvium, we see women when they're postpartum, if they've lost a lot of weight, if they're dealing with, you know, emotional stress, death, divorce, any major physical, psychological, emotional stress, COVID um, was an example, or people that get really ill, even general anesthesia, that can trigger their hair to shed. So simple things, um, you know, obviously we can only do so much about managing our stress. Yoga, exercise is good. Make sure you're eating enough protein um, to support the hair, take your vitamins. Um, but, you know, using topical minoxidil or Rogaine is not a bad idea. And even um, in my practice, we use a lot of oral minoxidil. That has helped protect the hair from all these stresses. So, um, you know, that is where, you know, there are things that we can do to kind of make things better or just protect the hair from, you know, the stress they might be experiencing. What are your thoughts on prophylactic hair pieces that, you know, people can use, especially if they have, you know, a surgical reason for losing their hair, that sort of thing? Yeah, I think those are fine to use. Um, I think you have to be careful if there's something too tight. Uh, it can cause, you know, you can diminish blood flow and cause more issues. So, you know, when it comes to like extensions, hair pieces, just make sure you're not damaging the hair that's there. Temporarily, that's fine. Um, you know, I've had patients going through chemo who are wearing a hair piece, absolutely. But, um, you know, people, when you do extensions and you add all these chemicals and you really just have to be careful because you can actually do more harm to your existing hair while trying to make it look better. I do also recommend there's like spray on hair fibers you can get over the counter. Temporarily, it can make things look better. Um, I think it's also a big myth that like if you color your hair, it's going, you're going to lose more. Pretty much what's happening under the surface of the scalp has nothing to do with what's going on above it. So, you know, I tell women, color your hair, you know, a little bit of heat styling is okay. You know, do, do what makes you feel better. Um, whether you wash it every day or every three days, you're not going to lose more. 
we all shed, you know, 100 to 150 hairs a day. So it's just important to find that balance. When is it? that I need to see a doctor, when do I realize that, okay, this is a real problem, other than a giant clump coming out? <laughs> so I would say earlier is better. We know that like the earlier we intervene, so like within those first five years, we can actually get the hair back and even make it better. So early intervention is key. Um, you know, if it's been like five, 10 years, that's when it comes very tricky to kind of reverse genetics and changes, but um, the earlier, the better. Also, if people have like itching, burning, like redness in the scalp, there could be more going on. But um, if it's bothering them, like I say, you know, just we do virtual, visits they can come in and see us it's pretty straightforward we do a hair exam you know we have tools that we can use sometimes we order blood tests but the, the new medical therapies we have are very effective they're also very cost effective these are things covered by insurance they cover the office visit the blood work the medications I mean we can do a lot with that Wow what about pregnant women because some pregnant women will tell you that their hair looks beautiful because of all the prenatal vitamins yeah. then there are some women who are losing their hair does yeah. it stop when you deliver so during pregnancy we retain a lot of the hairs the body is kind of in a quiet state allowing for you know another human to grow that may have a different blood type and has you know different DNA after pregnancy usually two or three months after delivery is when people will see changes it's changes in the hormones you know from the stress of delivery um, that is in a sense, inevitable. Um, women that are nursing, you're kind of tied, you can't do much. Women that aren't nursing can start minoxidil right away, um, but if you are nursing, I just say keep taking your prenatal vitamins. The light caps can help, but it's something just, just physiologic. And um, the hair does come back, so it can be stressful. I've gone through it myself. You see clumps of hair everywhere, but the hair does come back. It just will go through that shedding phase, two or three months, it stops, and it does grow back. You mentioned anesthesia, and I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize, and especially in my case, I've had I've had surgery on my head three months later started losing hair yeah. um, what should people know about if they're going to have a procedure done or they need to go under anesthesia? So any type of sedation, whether it's light sedation, IV, you know, you're fully out, that is, those medications can cause hair loss and that's more this stress-induced telogen effluvium. So they should know that two or three months after, they will shed. I do have many patients that will come in the office and, you know, we discuss this, they will get on a regimen, so they'll start their minoxidil, oral or topical. Um, sometimes we even do platelet-rich plasma injections where we draw their blood injected there are things we can do to protect the hair from all those stresses but you just have to be you know a couple steps ahead of the aim wow anything you would love to tell people shake them to do with their hair take better care of it anything yeah I mean I would just say that um, you know when it comes to the hair, there are many, many factors that influence, you know, the way our hair looks. And it's also a cultural thing for women. You know, we see all these commercials with women with like thick, long, luscious hair. So um, there are things that can be done. Um, I would encourage them just to like come in, know what the options are. There's not everyone has to go on a pill or pay a lot out of pocket. A lot of it is considered medical and covered by insurance. And the new treatments we have are safe and effective um, and they have minimal risk. All right, Dr. Ketterpal, thank Thanks. you so much. Great insight. Great, thank you. Now, as for my story, I've had two surgeries now due to a brain tumor, surgeries that caused me to lose hair. And honestly, at the time, I wasn't aware of all the options that were available. So I opted to get a prosthetic hair piece while I was waiting for my own hair to grow back. Take a look. At first, when my surgeon sewed me up with 51 staples, I was shocked at how little they had to shave for brain surgery. My relief, though, was short-lived. Instead of growing back, hair fell out in this area, leaving this, a gaping bald spot. I managed to hide it, using the hair I still had and making my part a little further over. <laughs> 
But to go back to work, I had to have a better plan in place. And still, in spite of my best efforts, Mother Nature would likely give up my secret. I thought hair and scalp specialist Jeffrey Paul may have an answer. I'd done stories before on his 3D hair pieces. Little did I know I'd come back to him for help. Let's do a quick five step on this. We'll have both of them ready to go. Paul is also familiar with creating what's known as hair prosthetics for medical hair loss. Patients who lose patches and don't need an entire wig. It's not even designed in a factory. It's designed in a laboratory for your need, and that's a prosthetic. They color matched my hair, and the piece would be attached to my head for 21 days at a time. Anytime that you're attaching hair to areas that are not any longer hair bearing or partially bearing like yours, that's a prosthetic. It needs a breathable membrane, not just a hair piece. It needs something that allows adhesive to be adhered to it and the kind of adhesive that is medically approved. I can shower, swim, and treat it like my own. And what's more important, my own hair can still grow underneath. What we've created is a lace liner so that the hairs have been hand tied to that to give a very natural hairline. Each visit, the piece is removed and cleaned. My scalp is cleaned and prepped too. You feel like the Terminator again. <laughs> As my hair grows, the pieces are made smaller to cover less area. There's more available in here today than it's ever been. It's just getting the right one for you, and that's where the consultation becomes so important. I went public with my own story so people know you don't have to hide your hair loss. You don't have to be embarrassed by it and there are options out there to treat it. Today, my hair has mostly grown back but even so, after talking to Dr. Caterpaul, I may just try one of those other treatments as well. Who knows, maybe I can get my hair that's even thicker than it was before surgery. All right, we hope you learned a little something today about hair loss. And if you are suffering from this, you are able to get help. There are choices out there for you. We hope you can take advantage of some of them. That's all for this episode of Prescription for Life. We will see you right back here for another episode next week. Until then, we wish you good health. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube. And please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.